Howdy. So I had a friend of mine that at one point she was very busy having a really, really bad day. And she started telling me, you know, some, some things like, yeah, you know, today I just could not get up. I just could not wake up. I was way too drowsy. Just I just could not shake the sleep off of me. And then apparently is that uh, getting upset uh, with her kids and saying, yeah, no matter what they did, I was just constantly upset at them and I just kept getting angry with them over and over again. And then apparently there was some issue at work that was coming up and it's like, I just kept having conflict with my boss and everything else. And then, and then finally later on, it was just like, I, I just wasn't hungry, whatever was going on. And, and, and then was told that apparently Mercury was in retrograde. I, I, I had never heard about this before, but supposedly is that whenever, whenever like normally you see like stars or planets that normally they'll move this one path, and it, it looks sometimes based on our orbits, it looks like they're going the opposite way for like a period of time. Okay, like maybe only like ten or twenty days, something like that. They'll go the opposite way, and supposedly that's whenever people are feeling like really, really off. Okay. And so I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. And then I went and I, I checked the calendar about this Mercury in retrograde. And apparently it had stopped being in retrograde about 20 days earlier. And I was just like, is it possible you were just being a terrible human being? Is that, is that just a possibility altogether? And it was really thereafter that we stopped being friends. But um, <laughs> one of the things that really struck me is that it was just so easy that all these things are happening. And instead of pausing to say, hey, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm not being my best person, then instead, it was something to blame on some star or planet way far away because it decided to change direction for a little while. And, and I know that there are discussions about the moon and, and that different lunar cycles can sometimes affect, you know, our feeling or our mood of the day. It's a little bit different, you know, when the gravitational pull of something is close enough that it can actually, like, change your well-being. But even the moon doesn't determine your destiny, your direction, the way that you're going. And that's the thing about this, is that this idea of whether or not stars can move in directions we're not expecting ends up hitting us a lot with our passage today about the wise men. See, the wise men are people who are seeing that something was different in the sky. Because of it, they were able to notice that something must be different in the world around them. Right? So just kind of like give a little bit of a background with that. Right? So we had talked before about how there was Israel and Judah. Okay? They had split into two different kingdoms. Right? Now Israel had gotten pulled into exile back around 700 BC by Assyria. But the thing is, is that when that happened, their story basically came to an end. Now, the reason why Israel's story came to an end is that they really weren't all that distinct from anybody else when they got pulled into exile. What do I mean? They were already worshiping at altars that were similar to the Assyrian altars. They were already doing practices that were similar to the neighbors that they had. They were not preserving their marriages. They weren't caring for their kids. They were worshiping different gods. The thing is, is that pulling the people out of Israel into another land, nobody really noticed this. Because when they went into that other land, 
They acted just like everyone else. Aren't there times whenever it feels like Christians do the same thing? Is that sometimes we're in the world around us and we sometimes can't tell the difference between the Christians and everybody else? But the thing about Judah is that Judah was a little bit different. You see, later down the line, in the, the early 6th century BC, is that Judah, they were being pulled in exile by a different country, Babylon. But when they did, they didn't forget who they were. Not the same way. See, you have people like Daniel. Now, whenever you think about Daniel, what story are you typically thinking about? Daniel and the lion's den. Absolutely. But it turns out that was actually one of the last things that was recorded about Daniel. See, one of the first things about Daniel is that Daniel realized that he was living in a country where they were eating things that they were not supposed to be eating. The thing is, is that they did not have kosher food over there in Babylon. So, of course, when you're not sure if you can eat something that's on the menu at the restaurant where you're at, what's the easiest thing to always do? I'll try to get a salad. And that's the thing, is that Daniel and several other people, what are they going to do? We're just going to eat salads. Okay? Which, you know, kind of a little bit depressing, but okay, I, you know, you kind of understand. And no, these were not the salads that had pieces of steak on them. This isn't like the Denny's steak salad special. Which, oh, I know, it's a little expensive. But with it, though, is that Daniel ended up being not only stronger, wiser, and more joyful, but stood out among everybody else. Because instead of just getting sucked into what everybody else was doing, he was willing to stop and say, I need to be different. Because God has called me to be different. That was just one thing. You had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were saying, we're not going to worship this statue and instead get thrown into a fiery furnace. You have Daniel later on saying, I'm going to keep worshiping God no matter what, even at this point where he's thrown into a lion's den. And apparently they were not hungry. The lions were also apparently on a salad diet that day. Uh, with it, though, is that over and over again, by continuing to follow after God, Daniel and the others were giving credence to God's word. See, the thing is, is that who they were, how they were living, ended up causing the people in Babylon to listen to the God that they followed. That's sometimes the tricky part, is that when we're following after God and people see that, that ends up meaning more to them than many of the words that we have to say. And more than that is to ask the question, what about us? If people are looking at our lives, do they see people who are following after God and knowing that God is the one who's still in control? You see, this is a difficult time. They had lost their home. They were out in a country that they had never been in before. But what did they still believe? They still believed that God was at work, even then. See, that's one of the things that we talked a little bit about last week, is that oftentimes we don't realize that God is speaking. We don't know to listen, because we sometimes forget the idea that God is actually working in our lives here and now. And that's the thing, is that when our lives are falling apart or struggling the most, that's when it's the hardest to actually believe 
that God has anything for us. It's hard to say, I'm going to follow after God, if you're not even sure that God is even there speaking to you in the first place. I'm sure I'm not the only one. But there are times where it's like you're sitting there saying, did I mess everything up too bad? And it's more than just Daniel and the people of Judah saying, we messed up so much that we were taken out of our homeland. I mean, I've been there. I'm like half the you know, adults in North America is that I'm divorced. And the thing is, is that you know, 12 years ago, there I am looking and saying, I'm about to make a decision that am I just completely failing God? And to know that at that point in time is that I'm trying to say I'm supposed to follow after God and here I am doing something that doesn't feel very godly to me. And it was a very long time to then wonder if God still actually had a purpose and a meaning for me. Because my life wasn't going the direction that I thought it was supposed to go. This perfect path that I thought I was supposed to follow no longer existed. And that's the thing that's the hard part about this is that oftentimes whenever we are trying to pursue God is that we may spend a long time feeling like we're not sure we're on the right path. What would it have been like for those those wise men? Going after, what do you think is that? Is is that two planets right by each other making a little Noah? Is that a planet and a star? I think that's the regular star. Is that supposed to indicate the future coming of a prince? We don't even know for sure today. But they spent months, years, continuing to follow. Because they believed the message of some guy who had lived in their country over five centuries previous, who told them about a God who loved them and would send the future to them. How often do we feel like we're still waiting for God to say something and to tell us, yes, you're still following me? That's hard. It is hard. But the thing about it is that even at those times when we know that our lives are not going the direction that we originally thought they were supposed to, is that God is still doing his work. Because those people in exile in Babylon, if Daniel and the rest of Judah had not gone to Babylon, the people in Babylon would have never heard about their God. If they had not been in that place at that time, the wise men would have never known to follow that star. And that's the thing about you and I, is that we are oftentimes in places on our paths that we were not expecting. But the path isn't some direction about where we're going to go in the path is about following the same God who loves us and is in our lives today. And that reminds me about the gifts that the wise men brought. The gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. Because here's the thing about it, is that when we look at Isaiah 60, especially in verse 6, and it points out the gold and frankincense, but there's no myrrh in there. I have no idea why it is the wise men decided to add myrrh to the gifts that they brought. I don't know. But I do know that the wise men need to follow. But by doing so, they ended up proclaiming 
that the king of the Jews was going to have to give his life because myrrh was used for burial. And I have to think about this. Is that by following after God, it's not a question of did we always get it perfectly. The thing is, is that as we're following, is that God is doing work that we don't even realize He's doing because of where we are and what is happening that we never expected. And that's the thing about this. Is that by spending all that time following, that they ended up proclaiming the next step. And the part about the Messiah that people were not expecting. See, that's the thing. Is that if we want to be within the story, the thing is, is that we're following the author. Now, right now, I'm not sure where it is that you're finding yourself. There might be some things that you know you're going to have to make some difficult decisions, and you're not sure what that's going to mean when you do so. You're not sure how it's going to play out. You're not sure where you're going to land when all is said and done. Or maybe the things that have happened before, and you see how they've altered your life, and you don't feel like you're that same person anymore. And you're wondering how it is that God is supposed to continue to work in your life when you're no longer going in that path that you thought he was leading before. Or other times where you're just saying, I feel like I haven't heard anything in so long. But whatever it might be, is that God is still calling you. And that God is still saying, I have a purpose for you. Follow me. So wherever you've been, wherever you find yourself, today I challenge you. Not just to listen, but also to 